0: Now, if you're new with us, my name's Trent. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Epic. And as Tim said, today we're going to get to hear from some of our teams that went down to Guatemala, our partner church down there, uh, in the month of July. So got a a special day planned for that, and it asks that you be praying for them as they're going to come up and and share some of that. You can imagine how difficult it might be to take a week's experience and condense it down to about five minutes. And and how do you share this stuff? Uh, God has done some amazing things in your life? How do you share that with somebody else in in this kind of context? So be in prayer for them for that. Now, before I invite the first part of the team up, I'm going to do an interview, two sets of interviews. So I will interview the first team, and then I'll interview members from the second team. Before I invite them up, let me tell you a little bit about our partner church down in Guatemala. So it's called Iglesia del Camino, and it is led by Mike and Nancy Watkins. So you see there the picture of, of Mike and And Nancy, and they have been there, I think, 10 years. Mike's actually on staff at a church in Tampa as their missions pastor to Guatemala. And so he has been there, uh, he and his wife, they've been there full-time. They're leading the charge there and doing a phenomenal job of leading that church. They do a a bilingual service every Sunday. So he speaks in English. Someone translates it into Spanish. They have a mixture of English-speaking people and Spanish-speaking people that come to that church. And so it's a really neat experience. And um, so on the, the Sundays when we're down there, we're celebrating what God is doing in that community, worshiping God. Through, through the teaching of his word and through the music that, that's being played. And often we're, they're playing the same songs that we're playing here. So it's really a neat experience to, to have that. Now I wanna show you some of the, the missions team this picture here shows some of the, the team members that they have that lead their international missions experiences. So we have in the middle on the left, the, the lady there with the big smile in, in the blue shirt without the writing on it, that is Melanie. And she leads the, all of that, that mission team. She's in charge of, of all the stuff that happens for the, the trips that come. I think they do like 40 trips a year. 40 uh, teams come down throughout the year, and their team leads that she oversees all that. Then you see to her, um, well, to the right of her is Alejandra, and she's one of those team members uh, there. You see Clay in the red shirt. Now, Clay has been here. So he's been on this stage and, and uh, he's been able to share a little bit with you what God has done in his own life and he actually left kind of a, a good job that he had. He felt like God was calling him to be involved in what their church was doing and leading these trips and so he kind of left a good paying job and said I'm going to leave that and I'm going to go and, and do what God is leading me to do. So he's got an amazing story. Above him is Omar. He's got an amazing story and he's praying about the direction that God has for him in the future. Uh, next to him is Jonathan and he just got married and he's super excited about that. And then you've got below him his uh, older brother Isa'i. So, you know, a lot of pretty common names. And then you got Isa'i and his, their older brother is Isa'u. <laughs> no joke. Great people. Um, really amazing team. And I think some of our team members will talk about that today. But when you hear them talk, I mean, this is a team uh, that they've got these incredible hearts for serving and they just pour out their hearts. So I don't know if you can imagine this, but all summer long. So imagine, uh, let's string June, July, and August together. Every Saturday, they drop off a team. Every Saturday, they pick up a team from the airport and they start over. They hit the reset button and they start over. And you just imagine from the the emotional level, the physical level, the draining level. So they drop this team off and say goodbye. And the next team comes in and they're super excited. Woo, we're finally in Guatemala. And so their energy goes right back up. And then they lead that team all week long. And then they drop that team off and they pick up another team. And they do such an amazing job of that throughout the summer. And they've got teams that happen uh, throughout the rest of the year as well. So an amazing team. So so grateful to be partnering with them. Um, Let me tell you just a a few things that the, that church has been doing in their community. One uh, is called Mil Casas. So Pastor Mike uh, just was praying and felt like God was leading their church to build a thousand homes in their surrounding communities. Um, and we'll talk about that today, the homes that we build, and you'll see some pictures of that. But uh, you can imagine... Um, some of the homes that are built for families are built for families that are very much in need, dirt floors. Um, imagine the walls of your home are not made out of um, block or uh, two-by-fours with drywall. Imagine that the walls of your home are made out of um, corn stock or bamboo stock. Imagine how you know, that would hold up with the, the Florida rains in the afternoon. Imagine if you didn't have a roof, or maybe it was a, you know, a, a a rickety tin roof with rust and leaks all through it, or imagine maybe you stretched a tarp over your family and your kids. And uh, we we're able to come in for families like that and build them a home. And you know, for those of you who aren't sure what that means, again, you'll see some pictures of that, but it's not, uh, not an extravagant home. Uh, we would call it a shed. We would probably you know, put our lawnmowers in it or something. But for them there, it's a major upgrade to go from a dirt floor to a floor that's a poured slab and uh, not pumped in concrete, but hand mixed concrete, 16 by 20 slab. And it's got um, four walls on it and a few windows, a tin siding, a roof on it, a door that has a lock. For most families, that's a major thing, major upgrade. And it's just interesting to watch the second family that we built the home for. When we handed the woman the keys, she broke down in tears. I don't know that she's ever had keys before. I don't know that she's ever been able to lock anything that she's owned before. Um, so it's just an amazing opportunity. We were able to, to be a part of that. You heard Tim say, I think we've been involved in building 17 homes. Well, Pastor Mike's got this vision for 1,000 homes for needy people in their surrounding communities and they 're well on their way towards that they 've got a, a team that actually uh, manufactures the homes there at the church, and then we load them up in the back of a truck and then we drive them to to where they need to go and we unload them we carry them you know and through some very interesting uh, scenarios and and drop them off and then and then uh, build those and again you 'll see some pictures of that another thing that they have been doing is, anybody familiar with uh, a program called Celebrate Recovery? Celebrate Recovery, a number of you are familiar with that. If you're familiar with AA or NA, a recovery program, it's a Christian-based program called Celebrate Recovery. They've been involved in that for a number of years, and God has just been multiplying the impact of that in their community in substantial ways. So one of the big problems they have in their community, drugs and alcohol. And they were able to service people in their community that desperately need to understand how to live a drug free life and, and how to have a relationship with Jesus in the process of that. So, the guy that actually leads that is called Giovanni, and he's actually Mr. Guatemala. Okay? So, for us, you think like Mr. Olympia, a big bodybuilder. I know you're looking at me thinking that right now. <laughs> Why are you laughing? So this is actually Mr. Guatemala. So this guy is huge. He's a bodybuilder. He owns a gym there in Antigua and his life was a wreck. Uh, drugs, alcohol, and he met Jesus. Had a life-changing encounter with Jesus. Got active and celebrate recovery and his life is totally transformed. So, so now he has been leading that ministry, and they've uh, been able to make headway into the local police department. And every Thursday night, hundreds of police officers come on their own accord to sit through a weekly session of Celebrate Recovery to learn how to live uh, a, a drug-free life and to have Christ at the center of their lives. It's an amazing, amazing thing that, that this church has been able to do. So um, we're honored to be partnering with them. It's great to go back year after year. Some people wonder, why do you go back to the same place? Because we want to make a long-term impact. And we don't want to just go here and there. We want to make a long-term impact, and we're beginning to see the the results of that. And so we're so grateful for that. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to transition, and I'm going to invite Joe and Rachel to the stage. So will you welcome them to the stage as they come up? And I am going to hand this to Mr. Joe. Now, um, be in prayer again for them as, as they share this morning. Um, like I told you, it's difficult to capture what happens in a week and, and say it here. But also, on top of that, not everybody likes to stand on the stage in front of people. You know, like public speaking is like our worst fear beyond death sometimes, you know. Um, so some of our team members are like, they're like, like really afraid of this, and yet feel like God wants them to share. So be in prayer for them as they're sharing. And also, uh, just don't look so intimidating, okay? You know, So smile, open your eyes a little bit, be engaging, lean in or something. That'd be awesome. They would be grateful for that. Okay, so Joe, um, we had the privilege of going on the, the trip together in July. So just tell everybody, what happened from Saturday to Saturday? What was that experience like?
1: Well, we started Saturday. We left PC3 and long day of travel, traveled to Guatemala, got in late that night, and um, woke up Sunday morning, already starting to serve. We helped the church out that day, um, set up for a celebration of a family that was leaving. Uh, Monday and Tuesday, we built two houses. Also had the vaccination clinic, the shot clinic on Monday. Uh, Tuesday, we went to a couple schools. And then Thursday, went Wednesday and Thursday, we had the medical clinic. Uh, Two-day clinic where we set up and saw quite a few people, quite a few patients, and then Friday was our free day. Uh, and as a team, we decided we um, hiked the volcano, which was awesome. And then Saturday was the long trip back.
0: So free day was hike a volcano. Just saying, do that on your free day. It was exciting. So I'm going to hand it to, to ask you to hand it to Rachel. So Rachel, this was our very first medical missions trip. So just tell our folks, what was that like? What did we do? What happened?
2: Okay, so being our first medical mission trip, we didn't really know what we were moving forward with. And uh, Monday, we went prepared with 130 vaccines that we had purchased in the country. Um, While we went to give these vaccinations that had been planned for a whole day event, and we were done by, um, I think, 1130, So um, that afternoon, we got to do a rough run of our education, health education for dental hygiene and uh, nutrition, which then on Tuesday, another group went and um, taught the kids dental hygiene and um, health uh, nutritional choices. Um, Each of the kids there got um, gift bags of, like, toothbrushes and toothpaste and a month's worth of vitamins, which was really cool. We were able to do that. I think for 150 kids, we were able to make 150 bags um, where they got 30, 60 vitamins. Um, and then on Wednesday and Thursday, we did our clinics, um, very different clinics. On thir- Wednesday, it was in a, a building that was... Uh, Nicely put together with chairs that we could set up, nice plastic chairs, and um, there was actually restrooms right in there. Um, if it rained, it was okay. They could just come inside. And then on, um, and we served 80, uh, approximately 80 people that day. And then the next day on Thursday, we, our clinic was up in the mountain or volcano, I guess. I, I don't know if there are mountains or volcanoes there. And um, it was just, in between two houses and the dirt floor, a tree, limb, a tree branch, what are these trees holding up um, for the four walls with an aluminum roof and a plastic bag backing. And um, we served about 60 that day, but it was just very stark difference and experiences um, with chickens and dog running around. So um, regardless, we were able to serve the people and, and touch them in different communities.
0: Yes, it was ways. really an amazing experience, the medical component. And we weren't sure going into this. We weren't sure how this was going to play out medically, you know, uh, whether people would show up, whether people would be interested or not. Uh, the vaccinations, that was a very new thing for them. So explain how the vaccinations went. We had 130 vaccinations. We weren't sure if anybody would want to take them. You know, I mean, who, who's excited about a shot? I mean, we didn't know. People would be like, no thanks, uh, or if they would come. Um, so how did that plan out?
2: So we went down and we had purchased 130 vaccines in country. We had purchased 30 pneumonia vaccinations, 50 um, tetanus, and 50 flu, uh, thinking that we'd have a little variety. We didn't know what we were getting into. So we drove to Festers and um, to this little town square, and there were some kids playing um, summer camp activities and this little concrete stage, and they were like, here it is, this is where we're going to be doing it. We didn't have tables, we didn't have chairs, we didn't have people um, to give these vaccines to. So um, Isai had hurt his ankle and so he got in a white pickup truck with this megaphone and he was driving around town, um, this little town I'm sure, telling people that we were giving vaccines in the square. And slowly but surely, you know, people started trekking in and um, getting shot up you know, my <laughs> good things um, in the right way, In the right you know, way. <laughs> you know, get their tetanus and their pneumonia and their influenza vaccine. Some were getting all three, some were getting one or two, um, but we had saved uh, 15 to go and vaccine, vaccinate the teachers out of school. So all of them were done easy by noon. And um, it was pretty amazing. You know, they'd be tag-teamed, getting a shot in each arm. The guys would be, like, showing their buddies they were so tough and cool. But regardless, they were protected. And that's what matters.
0: So would you say that we probably could have done 500 Absolutely. vaccinations Absolutely. In, in that amount of time or something? I mean, sure. It was such in a, in a whole an day.
2: Mm-hmm. It, There was people waiting. We had to turn away.
0: Yeah. So what was um, one of the bigger things that stood out to you from the
3: trip?
2: Um. One of the biggest things that stood out to me during the whole trip, prior, during, and after, was just God's presence in the planning and orchestration of it all. Um, with when I sat down with Sarah and she had asked me if I would be interested in kind of um, forging ahead with a medical mission plan, um, I was like, "Sure, this'd be great," you know. And um, I really didn't know what exactly I was getting myself into, um, and I think my group mates. At times, didn't think that um, I could pull it off. But the bottom line is, is it wasn't me pulling it off. And God opened so many doors and so many opportunities up to the trip and during the trip, um, making it all work so well. Um, you know, the vaccines. It was supposed to be a whole day plan, but it didn't work out that way. But God had a different plan, and um, it was just amazing His presence and His complete hand in it. Um, making it all come together
0: Yeah, it it really was amazing. Um, Whether you know this or not, uh, Rachel is a nurse practitioner. And we've got Charlie, uh, who's here somewhere. He's a physician's assistant. So they were our prescribers. So they were the ones able to see the patients, make diagnosis, um, uh, give treatments. And then we had some um, nurses and some other people with medical uh, experience. I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. So I was able to help out in a really big way. Uh, especially when it came to minor surgery.
2: He learned how to do blood pressures, actually. I did. I did. It was fantastic.
0: If you need your blood pressure taken, see somebody who knows what they're doing, uh, (laughs) because I forgot already. But um, so one of the experiences that uh, a number of us were able to have together was kind of a a meaningful thing. So we got this little girl um, that that has uh, an infection in her eye that she'd had for two years. Uh, So
2: Yeah, there was this young girl. um, She had had... I don't know if it was an infected tear duct for sure or what, but it had been ongoing on and off for about two years, and um, whether it was an appropriate antibiotic coverage or long enough duration of or um, just an appropriate treatment, it was there, and it hadn't gone away, and it was super swollen and painful for her. Um, And, you know, the kids at school make fun of her. It was just all over not a good thing. And it's her eye, you know, so if it were to get worse, then... You know, you can only see problems moving forward. So um, we had some surgical stuff there. And first we just tried an aspiration, you know, just a little needle inside of it to drain it, to get it out. And Trent was very diligent in holding her head still. And she was a super champ, like didn't move. I, You know, you think a stick of lidocaine, a stick of needle. You know, so it was without anesthesia at that point. Um, and she handled it like a champ. And we got some out, but I wasn't feeling really good about it. Um, leaving, letting her go, because I felt like there was more we could do. Um, so we brought her back in, and, and I did more of an incision and drainage of it and got her on some antibiotics, and hopefully you know, it'll clear up this time the right way, and maybe she won't be bothered by it anymore.
0: Yeah, so just a, a huge opportunity for us to serve a lot of people with needs that, for us in the States, we wouldn't think twice about it. And we would have it taken care of quickly. So her mom, 40 years old, had 10 kids. 40 years old, 10 kids. Wow. And so here she sat with her 10-year-old daughter. And she didn't know what to do. It's like, I've done all that I can. And so she, here she sat. Imagine if it was your child. And you're sitting there going, I, I don't know what else to do. I've done everything I can to help my child. And so she sat helpless, hoping that we could do something. And uh, it was such a privilege to be there in that moment. Um, even this little girl, big alligator tears, she's crying and scared to death, and yet she held on and she was brave. And, and uh, like, I'm ready to pass out because, you know, the thought of blood, the sight of blood, and I'm like falling over. And what a privilege it was to be involved in that and to, to watch our medical team do what, what they do best. It was, it was truly a privilege. So I'm gonna ask you to hand that back to Joe. And, um, Joe, tell us for you like what was one of the experiences that stood out to you on the trip?
1: Um, I think the biggest was monday um, was our first house build and if anybody 's heard this over and over again, when you go on a mission trip, they tell you to be flexible. We joked about this i 'm about as flexible as anybody can be i 'll do whatever. so that morning we get there and to go back on that again, everybody that knows me and Trent, will make a competition out of anything. We'll try to do it faster, better than anybody. So he starts in that morning Just with- Just say,
0: I beat him up the hill. That's all I got to say. We had a race up the hill. And if Luke says he beat me, not ha- it's not so. It didn't happen.
1: And I'll ask Trent about Tuesday night at soccer after this.
0: <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> don't want to talk about that.
1: Anyway, um, that morning we start talking and we're asking Omar and, and Clay how fast they build these houses in. And they're talking two hours, 18 minutes, two and a half hours. So we're like, oh, we got this. So we start loading the truck and it should have been assigned to us when we get most of the stuff on the truck that some of the wrong parts were being put on the truck. We had to take the the stove back off and put a different stove on. So we load it all up and we get to the place and we're carrying the stuff down the hill. And I mean, we're like pack mules. We're carrying this stuff down, trying to get it down there. We're going to build this house and... Um, We get down there, we start building, we get the first wall up, and you'll start to see in the next picture coming up. um, We get the walls up and we realize we're missing like a third of the roof. The supports for the sides, the side panels. So right then it starts sitting in our heads that we're not building this in record time. And really the first thing I thought of was you know, that was God telling us to slow down. Um, we're supposed to be there spending time with this family, um, fellowship. And, and you can see in this picture when we packed up ready to leave, our truck wasn't even there. So we had another hour, hour and a half. We just sat there and played soccer with the kids. Um, you know, so it was, we were in this big rush to get this house done and fix their problems when, you know, it really was us getting fixed. I mean, we spent time Um, Had a great time with the family, ate with them, played soccer with the kids, and, and made a day of it.
0: Yeah, that was an amazing experience uh, to be there and watch that. You know, we, we do tell everybody, and I, I, I say it probably the loudest, be flexible, be flexible. You never know what's going to happen. You never know what we may have to adjust to. And so, yeah, so Joe and I, the competitiveness, like, hey, let's build this house faster than anybody. Let's be epic. Let's just do this. And uh, we found out quickly, like, we were going to go the other end and make a new record for how long it could take to, to build a house. And, uh, and I love the perspective from our team. So Joe says, like, hey, like, maybe we're supposed to invest in these people. And being the pastor, I'm like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> I guess so, if you want to do that. Like, no, like, yeah, that was the idea. That's why we're there. And so we were able to invest in these young kids who, for this mom, for the house that we built, six kids. Uh, uh, dirt floor. I think they had a box springs and a mattress on the dirt and they all kind of sleep wherever. And she'd get up early in the morning, and go off to work. And what what was happening with her six kids all day? She didn't know. She was hoping that they were okay. Self-supervised, hoping that when she came home, they were all still there. And um, she had to go earn some money for her family. And so what a privilege that we had to invest in these kids who don't have a lot of adults around them. So it was a real honor uh, to do that that day, and it was great for Joe to to remind us of the perspective that we needed to have while we were there. So Joe, what would you say to uh, our church family? So a number of our church family haven't been on the trip yet. So what would you say to them about next year?
1: I would probably say the same thing I did. For four years, I've made excuses why I shouldn't go. Um the funny thing is, is if you're thinking about it, you're ready to go. I mean, that's the best thing I can say. And I told a couple of people when I came back, um, uh, Trent all last year, you know, you're going, you're going. And, and I knew I was ready. Um, it was just making that step to go. And, um, you know, here and after the last couple of years, I just tell everybody, if you're even thinking about it, you're ready. And, um, you know, Trent says it the best, you know, don't pray to God. Do you want me to go? have him tell you if he doesn't because I bet you he doesn't so that's awesome that's it
0: would you thank uh, Joe and Rachel for doing this thanks you guys good job good job Here to go All right, so I'm going to invite our next team so team number two we've got three members from that team that are going to share so we've got Steve, Ann and Chris I'm going to invite you guys up to the stage so come on up and give them a big applause as they're coming So welcome, you guys. Deja vu. It's like we just did this, right? We did a little bit ago. Let's do it again. So Chris, tell us what happened. Saturday to Saturday, you guys went on a trip. What happened?
4: Yeah, Saturday was a really early morning, and it was an all-day travel deal. Uh, Sunday, we went to uh, service with uh, Iglesia del Camino um, and then did a walking tour. Monday and Tuesday, we uh, built two homes. And then Wednesday, we went to... uh, Santa Maria de Jesus um, to uh, do some house blessings and give out some food and play with some kids and do a little skit. Um, let's see. Thursday, <laughs> uh, we went to Pastores and went to a child care center and played with some kids and did our skit again. And uh, then that evening we went to El Club and did a lot of activities with a bunch of kids. It was it was pretty awesome. Friday was our free day. We went ziplining, and Saturday we came home. So there you go. Try that on your other free day.
0: You know, hike a volcano or go ziplining. So when you say did a skit, so part of that is, explain a little bit of that for us. So so when you were working with the kids, you were doing skits, and what all was wrapped into that?
4: Uh, Yeah, so our skit was when Jesus turned water into wine, and it kind of congealed with our activity where the kids um, colored a paper plate and uh, a wine thing, I don't know, carafe, and uh, they could spin it and see where the water turned into wine, and cool. yeah, it was fun.
0: So you're teaching a Bible lesson as, as you guys are doing this stuff, so awesome, that's great. All right, I'm going to ask you to hand that off to Miss Ann. So Ann, uh, tell us, what, what was the impact on you? So what stood out to you as you look back on that week?
5: Oh, lots of things stood out, but I guess one of the great things was um, the house building, and we built a house two different days, and the second the first day I went shopping for the house, so I missed most of that. But the second day um, the couple we were building for was sort of sitting in their front of their old house, and he was working on shoes. I think he built two pairs made two pairs of boots in the day that we were building the house. and uh, this house is just it's just a shed. But at the end of the day, we had them all come in, and we have a house blessing for them and Um, hand over the keys and this man who'd sat there all day and we talked to him a little bit but he wasn't real conversive he he didn't come in right away and his wife said he's changing clothes I mean he changed his shirt so he could get cleaned up to come into his house to thank us all properly and it's not like he could just throw that shirt in the washer I mean washing and water is a big deal there and clothes are a big deal there so I mean he took time to clean up and then they came in and as we're praying for them, they're praying for us and just handing in the key that locked a door because their house they had didn't even have a door, let alone any kind of lock on it. And I'm not even sure if it had windows. So this was really a special house for them. And they were just so appreciative. It just sort of your house, at your heart how appreciative they were.
0: Yeah. So describe for a second the house blessing part. So uh, build the house and the end of the day we're done and kind of handing that off. What was the house blessing like?
5: Um, There's people there who are interpreting our words. And at first they sort of introduce us and say that, you know, we're from the United States and from Epic Church and that we've done this in the name of Jesus. And um, we're just all sort of standing in a little circle. And then we ask, you know, can we pray for them? And of course, they say yes, and so we just say a short blessing on, on them and ask them if there's something. We've asked if there's something we should pray about, and sometimes they'll say, my family or you know, my job or some you know illness or something. So you just pray for them for a couple of minutes, and as you're praying for them, and they're, they're just praying for you, and the interpreter's saying, they're asking God to bless you and thank God for sending you to them. It's, it was just sort of this back and forth Sometimes it was like when they're praying in English, they're praying in Spanish at the same time. It was just really, just really an emotional moment.
0: Yeah, very, very neat experience. So what half of our team does, or at least a portion of the team, when the house is being built, they go off and they purchase stuff for that home that's unique to that home, things that that specific family might need. So you'll see there's some beds being made there. Um, they'll go and get food, pots, pans, a table, chairs, just stuff to, to transform this house into a home. Um, and it's a really uh, a neat experience. And then uh, hand them a Bible and often uh, share the gospel with the family, depending on where they are in their relationship with God. Um, give them um, a water filtration system. So a system that will give them clean water for up to five years, which they don't have. And so the water they drink often makes them sick and feel bad. Um, so it's just a lot of great things that we're able to do with that house blessing at the end of the day. So. It's awesome. Thanks for sharing about that. So, Steve, I'm going to ask you. um, So what stood out to you in this trip? What was meaningful to you?
6: What was really meaningful to me is one of the days we went to hand out Bibles to this family that uh, the lady of the house lost her husband. He passed away, I can't remember how long ago. And she's living in her father-in-law's house with the dirt floor. She's helping her sister, who has got a 12-week-old baby, and the mother and the baby are, they're sleeping on the dirt floor. They've got a bed that's uh, about the size of a double bed that there's five people sleeping on. They've got probably 11 or 12 kids, I can't remember how many, running around that belong to the sister and the the lady of the house. And it's just, Uh, impressed me on how much they needed, what, what they needed, and how much appreciated they were of, of us. Yeah, so a lot of,
0: lot of appreciation for, for what you guys were doing. That's cool. Well, Steve, before the trip, you had some folks around you that were wondering, why would you even go on a trip like this when there are so many needs that we have here locally? So after this trip, what, what would your response be to, to that question?
6: There's a lot of needs here, but there's so many programs from the federal government, the uh, local government, so many programs where people can break the, the uh, cycle of poverty. Over there, there's no programs, or if any, there's very few programs where they can break the uh, poverty the cycle of poverty and the needs over there are so much greater. There's um, people, the poor people here live like kings compared to the poor people over there. The government is a poor country. The government hasn't got the money to instigate these programs that um, they've got going on here the people over there are so appreciative of what we do for them they they thank us and hug us the kids over there are tremendous they, they hug us and just go all over us um thanking us for what what we've done for them we can't understand what they're saying but we know that they're appreciative
0: And an amazing, you know, love kind of transcends a whole bunch of uh, language barriers that that might be there. Um, And it really takes organizations working together to serve a community. You know, we should see more of that here, but we see a lot of that there. Um, So it's a really neat uh, experience uh, watching that happen. So um, back to you, Chris, and ask, what was one thing that stood out to you on this journey?
4: Um The thing that stood out to me the most was um our two leaders, Cody and Carol. They like to uh have you step out of your comfort zone and speak in front of everybody, which i don 't like to do um,
0: <laughs> it 's a good thing we didn't ask you to speak on sunday
4: <laughs> right so um at one point, Carol asked me to uh do the house blessing um for a family and That's my moment. Sorry. So we did the house blessing, and I kind of made it a point to where everywhere we went, I was the caboose, you know? I stayed behind everybody. And as I was leaving this family site, if you will, because it's like you often have a family living on a site couple homes and we were leaving and the lady that we did the house blessing for I decided I was going to give her a hug just to say thank you that's the moment that I realized we're not there just to serve them that's the moment when I realized they're there serving us and they're super appreciative of everything we're doing. And uh, I'm super appreciative for the time I got to spend with them and, and what they've, how they served me and helped me grow my relationship with the Lord. So
0: well done. So will you help me thank uh, our team and you guys can go ahead and have a seat. Here, I'll take that. Awesome. Thank you. So great job, everybody. So appreciate you, you sharing today. I've just got a few final comments and our worship team is going to come out and wrap us up in a, a final song today. So here's my challenge for you. Go on an international trip and find a way to serve locally. Jesus told us to go. He said it should be a lifestyle thing for you, not just something that you do occasionally, something that you do all the time. There's all kinds of opportunities that we have to represent Christ to the world around us and to serve. So for next year, we've got uh, two trips that are planned, uh, July the 9th and July the 23rd of 2016. So uh, go ahead and start looking at that. Put that on your calendar. And, and like, like Ann said, here's my challenge don't pray, God, do you want me to go? If so, tell me. Can imagine? Imagine that conversation. God, do you want me to go around the world and help people in need? What do you think his answer is? It's yes. So, so turn that around and say, God, I'm going. If you don't want me to go this year, stop me. Just close the door, change an opportunity, just stop me. Make it clear that you don't want me to go this year. And I would love for all of us as a church family, every single one of us who, who possibly can, go on at least one international mission trip in your lifetime. Now, I know it's not for everybody, but I think all of us should go at least one time and experience what it means to live outside of the United States and to serve other people in need. And I think it'll change how we come home and serve. So there's a lot of opportunities for us to do that. So again, start praying for next year. That'll help you get uh, prepared for that spiritually, mentally. We'll start advertising in January, and you know how fast years go. So uh, we'll be here again next year talking about the trips next year, uh, just like that. So it's going to go very fast. Get those on your calendar. And we don't have to wait until next year to serve. There are a ton of opportunities for us to serve locally. And one of the things I love about our, our international trips is people have this usually light bulb moment where, where the light bulb comes on and they go, oh, I could do that at home. Like that guy across the street from my house who's in need or that person across the office or that kid at school who's in need. Like I could serve them. Like, wow, I could help them. And and that's what God wants for all of us. So here's some opportunities for you to get active in serving uh, locally. On October the 18th, we have an event coming up called 3G Sunday, something we've been doing over the past number of years. I love this day. It's so exciting for for me and I think us as a church family. So what we do in that morning, if you're not familiar with that, is we gather quickly for a short little rah-rah. And then on that Sunday morning, we go into our community and we give back out of what God has given us. So last year, I think we had 16 different projects. I think there were 270, some, some of us that were active in this, all the way from first grade, all, all the way up to however old you are. And we were able to go into our community and serve all over the community. Served with the city of Palm Coast, with the city of Flagler Beach, with the city of Bunnell. We had projects at different schools that we were able to do. Did a lot of amazing things on that Sunday. And it was an amazing opportunity for us to go and be the church. Not just talk about doing church, but for us to leave the four walls of this building and go out and actually be the church for our community. And let our community know that God is for them. And so we want to do that again on 3G Sunday and you can have an opportunity to serve. And so we'll be talking about that in the, in the next few months. So be listening for that. We've got some local partners that we work with on a regular basis. Habitat for Humanity. I'm not sure how many houses we've helped them to build, but it's been a number of them. And so we've got volunteers that go back regularly to help them with that. Um, So we'd love for you to to partner with them. Grace Community Food Pantry that that serves people who need food in our community. You can volunteer with them. We've got a number of our our church family members that volunteer on a regular basis with them. Alpha Pregnancy Center. There are a lot of opportunities in our community for you to serve. opportunities in our church family on Sunday or in our church context that we're going to talk about next week. And then you always have the opportunity to serve someone around you. And so in just a minute, I'm going to pray and our worship team is going to come out and they're going to close us out in a song. And what I ask you to do during this song is say, God, where do you want me to serve? Like open my eyes to all the serving opportunities that I have. Do you want me to serve someone at home today? Do you want me to serve someone, you know, school's coming up. There's going to be a lot of opportunities for students to serve other students or teachers to serve students or students to serve teachers. There's a lot of opportunities for us to serve throughout our week. So my prayer is that we will all open our eyes to the many opportunities that we have, and we will take that step, and we will serve. We'll be the hands of Jesus for people in need. So let's pray together, and our worship team will come up. God, I'm, I'm so grateful to be a part of a church family that doesn't want to just talk about these things, but actually wants to do them. Uh, do, doesn't want to just check off a box and uh, doesn't want to just get together on Sunday, pat each other on the back, sing a few songs, listen to a, a message and, and then go and not be changed. Lord, I'm so grateful to be a part of a church family who desperately wants to be the church for each other and for our community. We have a lot of opportunities to do that, Lord, from a local level to an international level. And so, Lord, I pray for our trips next year. We've got some amazing opportunities to go again to to Guatemala and serve and and be served by the people that are there. So, Lord, you know who's going to go next year. So I just pray that you'd start working on the the hearts of, of our church family for that trip next year. Lord, and you know that you want this to be a lifestyle thing for us, not just something we do once a year and we check it off a box, feel good about ourselves, but, but we serve people around us all day long. So Lord, I pray that you would show us the many opportunities that we have to serve people in need. Lord, I pray that we, our eyes would be open right now, like maybe right now we look across the aisle and we see somebody, hey, I could help them. I could serve them in, in some way today. So Lord, help us to understand that, that it is truly better to give than it is to receive. And you've called us to a lifestyle of serving. Teach us how to do that, I pray. In Jesus' powerful
3: name, amen. All right, well, you can go ahead and be seated. Well, good morning and welcome to Epic. We are so glad that you are here with us today. My name's Tim Jones, and I'm one of the pastors on staff. And uh, if you are a guest with us, thank you so much for coming to check us out. Um, If you would like more information about who we are, we would love for you to stop by the Connection Center and uh, meet someone over there, and they'll be able to answer any questions that you might have. Well, we just wanted to give you an update. Many of you have been praying for a member of our family, uh, Pat Farrell. Uh, Pat Farrell actually came home on Friday, this past Friday, so yeah, (laughs) give it up for him. So at this point, you know, he needs a heart transplant, but they were able to install a heart pump uh, onto his heart right now, and they're looking for him to kind of recover from that, to get him into shape uh, for about two to three months before the heart transplant. So continue to pray for him. Pray for Karen, his wife, um, as that is just a dramatic event, and um, just be praying for them. But you'll probably be seeing Pat here pretty soon, um, and he is doing well. So thanks for praying for their family. Uh, In two weeks, on August 23rd, Epic is launching a new student ministry for uh, 6th to 8th grade. It's called Pipeline. Uh, And then also, that will be on Sundays during the second service, and it'll be an amazing time. And then we are relaunching Surge, and that's only going to be for ninth grade to 12th grade now, and that will start on Sundays from four o'clock in the afternoon to five thirty as well. It's going to be an amazing time. So if you are a student, you will definitely want to invite your friends to this. Cody's got some amazing things planned, especially for these kickoff events that you won't want to miss for those. And then also, this is a place that we've designed specifically for you. And so you're going to find it to be an amazing place for you on Sundays as well. And then next week, uh, August 16th, we are having our volunteer kickoff. So if you are a volunteer, or if you're even interested in being a volunteer, Come on out at 6 o'clock right here at Buddy Taylor Middle School. Uh, We're going to be having a great time getting all the volunteers together uh, to interact together to be able to see what's coming in this next school year uh, on how we're serving together. And then um, if you want to see the pastors do something kind of crazy that they wouldn't do normally on Sunday, come on out because there's some exciting things to see that night. So next week, 6 o'clock right here uh, for our volunteer kickoff. And then uh, today we are focusing on our mission recaps or hearing from our mission trip teams. And we just want to say thank you so much. Uh, We've added up and we've built together because of you of what you've given about 17 homes in Guatemala. And um, yeah, so... So over the past five years, uh, as we go on these mission trips, that's what you've been a part of. And so if you want to continue to be a part of what we're doing here or join us in what we're doing locally and then also globally, uh, there's two ways that you can give. You can give through the giving boxes located at the end of each section and also securely online at theepicchurch.com. Now we've got something we're going to do a little bit different. I'm actually going to need your participation. Don't worry. It's not too scary. Uh, But anyways, there is a church when we launched and wanted to do a church for people who don't do church. They said, we're on board and we want to support you guys. And so First Baptist of Callahan, which is just outside of Jacksonville, said, hey, we will send you volunteers in the first year on a regular basis until you kind of get a lot of volunteers at your place. We'll also send down volunteers for your big 3G Sunday that we hear about and love what you guys are doing down there. And then we'll also support you financially for five years. And so that is coming up to the end of that point, and they have cheered us on. They've cheered you guys. They wanted you guys to have a place to be able to call home. So we are putting together this thank you video, and we need your help this morning. We're going to be turning on the lights here in a second, and uh, Evan's going to be coming out here, and this is what we're going to do. If you've never, like, photobombed something or ever did, like, you know those types of things, here's your opportunity, all right? So what we're going to do, on the count of three, I'm going to say one, two, three. You're going to say thank you, and we need you to cheer, hoot, and holler, and just appreciate this church. And then we're going to do some cool things as well on the video. So if you want to, like, video bomb this, you're more than welcome to do that. Just don't streak. Uh, But anyways... we're going to practice together, and then we'll do the live thing here in a second. So Evan's going to pan around, and we'll do that, but we're going to practice. So I'll say one, two, three. You say thank you, and then just go crazy and cheer them on and say in your ways of thanking them for what they've done for us. So here's our practice round. One, two, three. Thank you. Man. Awesome. Awesome. All right, here's the live thing. If you want to video bomb it, go ahead. All right, one, two, three. Thank you! Man, you guys are awesome. Like, you've done that wave too many times, so... <laughs> So thank you guys so much for doing that. I know that they will appreciate it. We've met with their church before, and they are just truly amazing to partner with churches like that. So before we uh, hear from the teams and what they've done in Guatemala, let's just pray for our services. So pray with me. So Father, thank you so much for churches like Callahan, God, that want us to have a place to be able to experience you uh, where there are no barriers, God, and that we can check you out, that we can interact with you and see our lives change through you. God, we just look forward to hearing from these teams. It's amazing what happens. We get an opportunity to go down to help people who are in so much need, and it's amazing, God, to see a house built in less than a day that radically changes people's lives and be able to share your love with them, for them to be able to say, why are you guys coming down here to do this? It's just truly amazing. It is life-changing on both ends. And so we just thank you for the opportunity to be able to go on your behalf and do that. So God, just be with us during the rest of this service. Open up our hearts to what you wanna say to us. And we thank you in Jesus' name, amen.